Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. All right, there you have it. A high-powered and rocking single from Bon Jovi, 1988, from the album of the same year, New Jersey. Bad Medicine did go to number one on the billboard charts. So good for John and his New Jersey compatriots. But that's our song for this week, David, because it's my understanding that you have now gotten your first vaccine. I have gotten my first vaccine. And so should we both uh, you know, be the subject of bad medicine? I guess we'll find out. And we've made sure that we got different vaccines just because of that whole lone survivor thing that we've got going on. So right. survivor. Like president and vice president. We can't yeah. be on the same aircraft. We can't take the same vaccine. You get the picture. So Brad, let's jump right into news real. What's going on in the world, how you can relate it to what's going on in your business um, today. First and foremost, tensions in the Baltics. Uh, Biden has said in no uncertain terms, he will not tolerate what Putin is doing uh, vis-a-vis Ukraine. And then Biden swiftly uh, backed off plans to send two destroyers to the Black Sea. Feats of strength, Brad. It seems like uh, he's flexing those muscles, but uh, maybe not in the way that uh, would be effective in deterring the uh, Russians from just uh, overrunning some of the Baltic states. Well, you know, a couple of comments right off the bat. First of all, the Ukraine is not a Baltic state. So I think that's incorrect. And then secondly, if you can't walk up the stairs to your own aircraft, then you know you got some hurdles to get over if you're going to forestall the actions of a guy like Putin, right? I mean, so I think you know step one for Biden may be getting safely on board Air Force One. That would be step one. Step two would be you know maybe just taking a quick peek down at our southern border, right? Now you can't really send a destroyer down there. It's a largely land border, and my not a an expert on the Navy, but I don't think you can put a destroyer in the Rio Grande. So that, that may not be where you want to go, but I would have a, you know, have somebody, obviously it's not going to be the vice president. I would have somebody, you know, swing down there and just take a look at what's going on down there before I became terribly worried about a show of force against an opponent like the Russians. Oh, by the way, buddy, I'm also not sure you can say Black Sea. I think that's, uh, that's a term that's gone, you know, into the dustbin of history. 
Well, Biden said it, right? His whole plan was to send two of our big Navy ships, Navy ships to the Black Sea uh, to deter what Russia is doing over there. And then Russia said, well, you better not or there'll be consequences. And then he turned the ships around. So, I mean, it seems like a, a show of strength, right? The fact that he started to send the uh, ships over there. Well, I mean, I guess if, if you know, not being able to get up the stairs and not being able to manage your own border are a show of strength, then I certainly think immediately backing down like a kitty cat or maybe another word for that same animal uh, in the face of a phone call from the Kremlin, then I think that's probably also in the same category. Yeah. So again, I think, I think once again, our president is uh, flexing his muscles. He's sort of getting the feel for the, uh, for the office and uh, finding things, job, the, buddy. It's hard finding job. things in the White House, he knows where everything is, where the levers of government are, and uh, now his first international crisis. I would say, well done, Mr. President. Good job. Yeah, you almost did something about it. Well, maybe we could lob a few missiles into Syria. Now that I know is a Baltic state. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure you're you're familiar with where the Baltic states actually are. Again, this but, could, this, okay, look, listen, listen, this, is, this isn't a quiz, okay? This isn't, I'm not one of your Navy buddies, okay? But I do think that if you lobbed some missiles into Syria, whether or not it's a Baltic state, that sends a message. Well, I guess depending on where they land, it sends a message. It would send a message in any case, you're right. But depending on where they land, the message may be different. He's also in the middle of a drama surrounding the Supreme Court. Senator Markey from uh, Massachusetts, who took over the Ted Kennedy seat of government, and uh, Jerry Nadler, your old friend from New York, uh, fresh off impeachment, duh, um, have uh, filed a bill or, or uh, uh, up in the uh, House of Representatives to um, expand the uh, Supreme Court by four to lucky number 13. And uh, the president still is in the process of uh, waiting for the report from his commission on Supreme Court effectiveness and um, all that. It looks like the Democrats are full steam ahead on packing the Supreme Court. What do you uh, what do you think about that? Well, this is just as dumb as most of the things that they've been talking about since before, during and now after the election. Here's the part that I don't get. I mean, I and again. I, I realize we have listeners who are probably 100% for this, who think that the court is too conservative and, you know, America is going in a more liberal direction and we need a more representative liberal judiciary. Okay, again, it doesn't matter what your view is or where you fall in the political spectrum. This is all nonsense because if the Democrats move the number of justices up to 13, then all that's going to happen is when the Republicans take power, they'll move that number to 17, right? I mean, it's just, it is useless theater. Leave the Supreme Court alone. In, in point of fact, the Supreme Court, I think actually was, a, you probably know this better than I do, buddy, but was it Breyer, who I'm not a huge fan of, but was he the one that said that if you start making a clown, and I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but if you start making a clown show out of the Supreme Court, people will just stop listening to the Supreme Court, right? Like the Supreme Court does not have its own enforcement branch. If you choose not to comply with the interpretation of the law of the Supreme Court, something the Supreme Court can do about it. The only reason it works is because we have agreed as a society that it is the highest court in the land 
and we will abide by its interpretation of the law. But if it becomes a joke, people are just going to stop doing that. Uh, too late. Well, you may have a point there. Yeah, too There's late. No point in making it worse. Yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, I think I think I think uh, Breyer said it. I think Sotomayor said it. I think also uh, what's interesting is is Biden has said it in the past, as recently as some of these uh, the big Democratic debates. But you know what's interesting when you look at the Constitution, there's no there's no type of qualifications built into the Constitution about these judges. So theoretically, right? Theoretically, if you want someone to serve long, uh, a long tenure, you could start nominating children who you've indoctrinated to a certain orthodoxy, right? Uh, who is already going to be predisposed to rule in favor of the party in power. And so you get four more seats, but they're all seven-year-olds, right? Or six-year-olds, mm-hmm. maybe even five. Buy yourself another year, five. Or you could or you could say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's this artificial intelligence platform that uh, can glean which patents are good and which patents are bad. And maybe that should be the next... Uh, "Quote unquote judge," again loosely defined, on the Supreme Court. Next, the My Pillow guy has started his own social network because he's been barred and banned from the Twitter, from the Instaface, the TikTok, uh, the Hulu, the uh, Facebook. Um, so he started his own new social network, and he's called it Frank. Huh. Frank. Come, let's be frank about Frank, David. Yeah. So he's got this all set up. You can go there. It's an open forum where anyone can talk about anything they want. There's only one rule. Yes. You can't make fun of the MyPillow guy. It's absolutely genius. So is he running this off a laptop in his living room? I mean, how, how is he making this happen, right? Because he certainly can't be running it on any cloud-based platform because all of those platforms are owned by left-leaning douchebags. So, you know, they're going to control what people say. They hope to control what people think. They certainly are controlling the narrative. So uh, he can't be doing that. So how, how is he keeping this social network afloat? I think he's just got some servers over in his basement. That's fine. He probably has a big basement. He is yeah, the MyPillow guy. A lot, of pill- a lot of pillows. I mean, that guy, first of all, that guy is just, well, he was rolling in dough, my friend, until the whole inciting insurrection thing happened. But uh, I will say this. It sounds very interesting. You also can't take, there's another, there is another rule. You can't take the Lord's name in vain, which is probably not a, not a terrible thing. Next, Brad, the boys downtown on Madison Avenue who are crafting and sculpting this slick podcast into something that the media um, would appreciate. Uh, They want to hear more about outer space, in particular, the exploration of other planets. And so Brad and I have focused all of our wits on the Soviet uh, exploration of the planet Venus. Correct, Brad? Well, so far we have. Yeah. Um, and what's ironic about this is the country that was launching these crafts at the face of the planet Venus, mm. just indiscriminately, really, um, some okay. men, some not, um, are the uh, same people that just outwitted us in the Baltics. I'm sorry, in the Black Sea. Staying corrected. Well, in any event, Venera 2 is where we want to focus today, Brad. Venera 2. Okay. Venera 2. As you know, uh, this comes from the 60s. I think it was February 27th, 1966. It was launched from uh, one of the Sputniks towards the uh, planet Venus. It carried a TV system and scientific instruments and a Hungry Man TV dinner. All good things. All good things. It passed 
towards Venus at a distance of about 24,000 kilometers, uh, and then it ceased to operate. Uh, and I believe it was obliterated as it uh, entered the atmosphere of the planet Venus, and it returned to Brad, surprise, surprise, no data whatsoever. Hmm. What about the Hungry Man dinner? We get that back or was it was gone? Lost? No one knows who ate that. It, it, someone ate it. Someone consumed it all except for the peas. They didn't, they didn't eat oh, the no, peas. Literally no one ate the peas out of a Hungry Man dinner. No one. No one wanted it. And there it is. So that's Venera report for this week. Should we get to um, traffic and weather together on the sevens, Brad, or should we dive right into Time Machine? Well, given that it's Time Machine, we could do it anytime we want. And so... Uh, you know, might as well let traffic and weather roll on because you have to do those on the sevens, whereas by the very nature of having a time machine, it sort of makes no difference. Time machine, and that's a great uh, little name by one. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the top time travel songs of all time, um, but it lacks a certain je ne sais quoi. I agree with both. So, Brad, this week, Time Machine, uh, Bertie Madoff has died. What we have this week is a special treat, uh, an opportunity for you to go back in time just before uh, the whole Ponzi scheme blew up. No Zima, uh, Palm Beach, the Palm Beach mansion that Bernie called home in the South. Uh, it's you and Bernie, no Zima, Al Fresco, everyone knows the rules. What do you want to do? Do you want to warn him so he can get away from the feds or do you want to just give him a good whooping either way it's on you at this point there's no zima but i assume he has like a nice bordeaux lying around why is there no zima he doesn't deserve it well but don't i i mean i have to go deal with bernie madoff don't i at least get a frosty malt beverage i figured you know you'd rather have the bordeaux i hate bordeaux you don't really hate bordeaux i've I seen you drink bordeaux. i've seen I you drink gallons of bordeaux no, that's not true I that's not like true. Bordeaux. That's not true. I've never drank a gallon of Bordeaux. I've seen you drink a more than that. I've seen you drink more than that. I don't think so. I'm not a huge fan. But if I got to go back there with Bernie, yeah, I don't say anything to the guy. I like what happened to him. So I think I show up in his mansion. I go looking for something to drink because for some weird reason, I've decided to travel back in time with no frosty malted beverage. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to presume that he has a staff. And so I'm going to tip off his staff, right? Because those people have suffered enough. And I'm just going to head out into Palm Beach, see what's going on. Uh, this week in innovation, three um, things stand out. 1970 at this time, the oxygen tank on Apollo 13 blew up. And we heard the famous Tom Hanks line, Houston, we have a problem. I believe that was said by Yanadi Ganayan, who was also a cosmonaut, but I'm not sure. Uh, 1985, Steve Jobs was fired. Um, uh, out of it, forced out of his role at Apple Computer by the great John Scully, who cut his teeth at PepsiCo. And uh, in 2000, uh, the band uh, Metallica, one of your favorites, sued the uh, fledgling uh, music service Napster and uh, led to the shutdown of Napster. Did you ever use Napster? No, it's too complicated. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I don't even know what it did, but I do like Metallica. Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting now is Metallica shut down Napster, but any fool in America now can put up uh, whatever music they want on a podcast. And given the Google versus uh, Oracle decision and uh, the, the uh, imminent arrival of Ipedia on the spot, uh, yeah, there's nothing they can do about it. Well, there's only two kinds of use anymore when it comes to copyright. There's fair use 
and there's mighty fair use. Nothing else. Yeah. So, well, that's it. Copy I mean, away, that, my friends. Some, copy away. Yeah. I mean, that's what the cosmonauts would say. Uh, finally, Brad Bard or Band, the world famous segment that is taking the Baltics by storm this week. Barter band, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. What do you think? Well, buddy, let's let's walk through the story of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, right? So, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is, uh, as I think all of our our listeners know, um, one of the vaccines that was created to fight off the COVID nineteen. One of the benefits of the Johnson Johnson vaccine is you only need one shot. So a lot of people like that. I don't blame them. If I had the opportunity, I would take it. But it turns out that some folks upon receiving that vaccine got some blood clots. Now, David, you I think you know the answer to this. But how many people was that? The total number of people that got the blood clots. Yes. Six. Six. Okay, so if there were seven doses of the vaccine given, then that would be really, really bad. It's a high percentage, what we call a high percentage. In fact, if there were 600 doses of the vaccine given, that would still be bad, right? I mean, 1%. It's a lot. It's 1%. Now, if someone told you you had a 99% chance of survival, you'd probably take it. But, you know, I mean, you do want to be careful. So how well, many- Well, except, except of the six, five of them survived and one died, right? Yeah. So you've got six people who had some run-in with a clotting issue, one of which, unfortunately- succumbed to that issue right now do we know for a fact that that's what killed this unfortunate person or or were they already in you know dire straits and this just kind of i mean we can assume we know it for a fact i i just don't uh i don't right, know so let's just uh, say for the sake of the argument establish that, that. that one person was otherwise an olympic caliber athlete in full fitness and health and but for the johnson and johnson vaccine would have lived to have been at least 99 if not 100. So let's just take that going in. So we have six folks who experienced some degree of clotting, one of whom succumbed to said clotting. How many doses of that vaccine were given, David? Uh, so far, 6.8 million or so. 6.8 million. So roughly, you know, your odds of... <laughs> of being one of the people who gets a blood clot from this vaccine, which is otherwise efficacious, right? I mean, it works, right? There's no argument that it works? Correct. Okay, so you've got a 0.000088% chance of of having a clotting issue. Correct. Correct. And so we've stopped giving that vaccine because of that, right? Does anybody have any idea what the odds are of being eaten by a bear that is subsequently eaten by a shark? I'll bet it's higher than that. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think that's right. I think it's uh, it's it it seems almost uh, political in terms of what's uh, 
what's going on. It's certainly arbitrary. I mean, I suppose you could find six people that got some of the other vaccines that had issues uh, or reactions to it. Um, but it, it seems like the government is just adrift, right? I mean, now we're being told that fully vaccinated people have to wear masks and we're going to start rolling out kids' vaccine? vaccines. Well, that's, yeah. Well, the, vac- the masks don't work. You don't have to be, again, a public health expert, although I realize that's something of an oxymoron, to recognize that when you tell everyone to wear a mask and everyone does, and the number of cases continues to skyrocket, that maybe your whole mask policy is not really getting you where you want to go. Um, But again, I'm no public health expert. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I just, we are certainly adrift when it comes to this pandemic. We don't know what to do. We don't know why we're doing it. But we're generally adrift, right? I mean, that's what happens. All institutions rise and fall on leadership, my friend. There's your business tip of the day. All institutions from a two-man barbershop to the United States of America rise and fall on leadership, and we have a sorry vacuum of leadership. That's uh, exactly right. Well, Brad, I think we're at the end of our rope. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) And that leaves us, uh, you know, here at the end of an episode, another fantastic episode of the world's leading small business podcast. Not that the podcast is small. We're really more oriented towards small businesses and we have enjoyed your company. We look forward to seeing you next week here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.